welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today for what is now episode 36 of our Road to 2023 series. And as always, you are joined by your hosts, Tiara and Jack. Now, it has been a few weeks since we've actually released a podcast episode, and we do sincerely apologize for the temporary lack of audio tracks hitting your ears each week. But I guess it's fair to say, Jack, that sometimes you just get so caught up in the thick of living life that sometimes you don't quite have the time to sit down on the weekend and talk about it. But hell, we're here now. So let's give the listeners a recap of what's been going on in the life of TBD over the past four weeks. Yeah, I think it's it's almost we can look at the lack of podcast episode in a positive light. It just means we're getting very busy with Team TBD, which is ultimately the goal we do the podcasting for free (laughs) but i mean a shameless plug for my other podcast bodybuilding down under we we do try and stick to an episode every week and even some weeks record two episodes in one go just so we can continue on that weekly schedule and no pressure or anything tiara for (laughs) us to do that (laughs) honestly apologies and it was only supposed to be three weeks last week though we were all set to record but Unfortunately, I did come down with a cold and the frustrating thing is that I felt fine, but I just lost my voice and Mm. I was like, Ooh, gosh, it wouldn't be the best quality audio if I'm on here sounding like a complete toad. So we unfortunately had to skip last weekend, but again, we're here now. And after almost four years of consistent podcasting every single week, boy, this is actually the first time that we've actually taken about a four week hiatus. Yeah, it doesn't feel like four weeks. Mm, It's Again, it's just absolutely flown by. But I think where we last left off is back in August. We were just settling into our new house and we were just about to actually go to the SNA seminar. Yeah, so a lot's happened since then. We've attended and presented at the SNA seminar, which was a great experience. We've had some shows uh, in different states. We've had a show in in Townsville now, which we were at yesterday, which was awesome. And we've just, of course, been doing our own training and nutrition, all of that stuff as per usual, which we usually talk about. But I think a good place to start would just be the SNA conference. And we attended that together with a bunch of other people, both in person and online. And day one was really awesome. I encourage everyone regardless of whether you're in Brisbane or not next year to make the most of the SNA conference, because hopefully it will be presented or um, held every single year from now on. And they always get in some, some great guests. So this year presenting on day one was Eric Helms. I'm sure probably 99% of listeners know who Eric is. Dr. Helms. <laughs> Dr. Helms. Or what did you reference him on the BDU podcast as Mr. Helms? Mr. Helms, which was incorrect. <laughs> I apologize. If you get your PhD, you are officially a doctor. Mm. I did have a teacher in high school who was called Dr. Barry. And if anyone called him Mr. Barry, he would, uh, even other teachers, he would correct them. What about Dr. Baza? <laughs> uh, I guess that would fly in Australia, but probably not in the US. <laughs> Baza! <laughs> but yeah, man, it was so surreal actually seeing Eric present in person or even being able to speak to Eric Helms because 
you and I going through university, which now seems like many, many years ago, but obviously studying, we were always reading research papers in relation to sports nutrition, where Eric was one of the lead authors, if not the lead author, even in our dietetics degree, we actually did this big literature review and we actually used a whole bunch of Eric's papers to cite evidence for why those engaging in resistance training should be eating a good amount of protein, well over two grams per kilogram of body weight. So yeah, it was really surreal to actually see him present in person, got to have a good conversation with him at the end, just all things bodybuilding and his comp prep coming up for 2023. And that was just really cool. You know, Eric's a cool guy. He's like, he's on that level of Mike Isretel, where especially when it comes to podcast episodes, like all you have to do is just see Eric Helm's name or Mike Isretel's name. And it doesn't matter what the podcast episode mm. is about. You're like, this guy's just a really good speaker, you know, intelligent, great sense of humor, just a good time to listen to. So Eric was really cool. And he does mix. It's kind of, I think Alex Thomas referenced him. I think it was Alex who said this. It's kind of like the best like stand-up comedy presentation. Yeah. That's a really good way of describing his way of lecturing. It's, it's very good. Didn't he even make a joke about how Jeff Nippard gives a really good pump? Yeah. <laughs> if you know, you know. But it was really cool also to see like Danny Lennon uh, present as well on his weight cutting. And that was just surreal in itself too because the Sigma Nutrition podcast was one of the first podcasts I ever hooked onto when I started listening to podcasts back in like 2017. So to actually meet Danny Lennon in the flesh, that was really cool. And Alan Flanagan, he presented some awesome research on protein in different animal-based and plant-based products and how perhaps we really shouldn't necessarily be splitting hairs over protein quality per se in mm. HBV sources. And maybe there's a hell of a lot more nuance to it than that. So that was really neat. So that was all the Saturday. And then on the Sunday, we got to present alongside Brandon and Joey and Kyle. And that was the physique seminar. And you and I got to give a lecture on the nutrition and dietetics component of physique athletes for all phases of their bodybuilding journey. And that's just something so cool to be a part of as well. Yeah, totally. And I think, well, I'm just keen to see how that continues to develop for SNA and in the coming years I hope that the the lecture uh, audience continues to grow because it's some invaluable information mm -hmm. absolutely so boy that was now four weeks ago and it seems like it was only a few days ago but since, four weeks ago yeah that was four mm. weeks ago yeah boy it's just it's flown hasn't it it has mm -hmm. it feels like three weeks ago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> feels like three days ago boy uh but ever since then like comp season has really kicked off here in australia for a number of our tbd girls uh this season and boy there's already been like four or five shows so my clients down in canberra candace and ashley they've both competed at some act and new south wales shows in both bikini and sports model and fitness respectively and then i've had my client bridget she did sports model in new south wales at the coffs harbor show cassandra showed up and she did figure classic and miss figure as a first timer as well and then this past weekend, we were we actually just flew back from Townsville this morning, so just landed off that plane a few hours ago, but we were at the Tropics show yesterday where we had Nikki compete in Figure Classic and Miss Figure, and then Veronica and Mel, they both did Sports Model and Fitness Model too. So 
boy, it's, it's really kicked off for all of these girls. And honestly, just seeing them all on stage, it just makes me so proud to call myself their coach because just the way that they're showing up and presenting themselves and the packages that they're delivering on stage, it's just, they should be really, really proud of themselves. And it's just so cool, honestly, to have obviously gone through like a prep for a number of these girls for at least six months, give or take, but then the months and the years of coaching on top of that through their improvement seasons. And then show day, that's just where it's at. You know, that's when everything comes together and you really get to deliver that final package, everything that you've been working for. So no matter what placings you get, like it's still just such a fun and celebratory day, but it's really just getting started. We still have a number of shows going on every weekend all the way up until the very end of October. And it's only the 18th of September. So we've still got at least like another six weeks to go or so with back-to-back weekend shows. Yeah, it's certainly a big season. I think ever since COVID ended, every season is probably going to be like this for us, Mm. especially as we continue picking up momentum, which is great. Yeah, it's, it's just been incredible. But of, of course, I just have to give like a special mention and a congratulations to some of these girls who've actually taken out some overalls at these shows. So Ashley, she took out the Miss Fitness overall at the ACT show. And then Cassandra, she took out the Miss Figure and Miss Figure Classic overall at the Coffs Harbor show. And then yesterday at the Tropic show, which is still super fresh, Nikki Simpson, she took out Miss Figure and Veronica, she took out Miss Sports Model. So a massive congratulations to them. And the thing is, not only did they deliver champion physiques, but the lineups this year are just incredible. Something that we haven't seen for a number of years. If anything, you could probably argue that there's never actually been this caliber of athletes on the stage before. And the caliber of athletes to match the numbers now showing up at the shows now that obviously basically the pandemic has somewhat come to an end or things are really starting to look up. But boy, a number of years ago, like there might be a few athletes up there who's like, wow, like there's a clear, distinct top three, right? And then you'd, you'd actually see some people, it's like a, a little bit out of condition. Now it's like the flip side. It's almost like rare to actually see someone that almost looks out of place up on stage. And it's just, it's so competitive up there. But like, you know, if you're a good competitor, you thrive off that competition. You want to stand up there in a lineup of 10 or 20 chicks and really, really have to fight for it. So gosh, it's, it's amazing. Like the Townsville show yesterday, Jack, how amazing was that? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And it was our first time heading to the tropics show. And I think it was a record number of entries for them over a hundred competitors, I believe. And I think uh, 500 plus entries, which yeah, means on average that people probably did like three to five different categories for for each individual competitor. Yeah, it was nuts. Like even first timers, you know, there was like first timers class one, first timers class two. And for example, Veronica was in fitness model first timers class one. Mel was in fitness model first timers class two. They both came out one after the other in those respective classes. But I was so proud to honestly see them both take out first place in both of those divisions because again, the lineup was just absolutely stacked. Like there were just 
a lot of girls right up there were top, top contenders. So I think anyone at that show yesterday who placed like even top five, to be honest, like should be so darn proud of themselves, even to get up on that top five podium placing, let alone top three, because like just the standard these days, it's unbelievable. Mm. I think there was only one category I saw, which I think we also need to, I think category is like bodybuilding, figure, Mm. fitness, division is within that category. So I think there was only one division where there was only one competitor, Mm. which was I think under 23s for fitness, but everything else had three plus and the majority had five or six plus. And how funny is it that it's called bodybuilding, the sport, but chicks are really starting to take over, man. Like mm. there are just way more girls at these shows than guys. It's uh, I wouldn't say way more, but Oh, there's definitely more. <laughs> there's more, probably. Yes. Mm. I don't know about way more though. I think girls are, because with the female categories like sports and fitness, mm the lines are quite blurred for some girls. Mm. So I think, and swimsuit and bikini, whereas not quite the same with men's, like you can't do a men's fitness and a bodybuilding. That's true. Also, Mm. you could almost argue that it's somewhat slightly more attainable to build a bikini body, a sports model body compared to a figure body. Mm. Same for the males, right? Like it might be slightly more attainable for to enter into men's fitness compared to men's open bodybuilding. Mm. Like it's about the years required in the gym to really be able to hold your own up on that stage. But that's why I was just so proud to see Nikki take out Miss Figure yesterday because that lineup was stacked. You know, there were some top competitors in that lineup, people who just brought the muscularity, brought the conditioning, brought the stage presence and everything. So it, it just makes me so excited when I'm like, I've got a really good quality athlete, but like they still have to fight for it. Like nothing's going to be handed to you, which is ultimately the way it should be in sport. Yeah. You don't want to walk up there and just be handed the first place. Mm, absolutely. Like almost you'd probably rather get second or third in a really competitive lineup than get first place. Cause you're the only person in that division or the other two people were out of shape. Mm, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, but boy, just getting started. Next weekend, we've got the ICN Brisbane Classic. And I've also got another one of my clients, Aaron, who will be doing a bikini show down in Victoria. And then the weekend after that, there's actually three shows on. There is a show down in Victoria. There's a show over in Western Australia, which my client Chantel, she'll be competing in bikini there as well. And then Cassandra, she'll be doing the New South Wales state titles for ICN that same weekend too. So three shows all on that Saturday, October 1st. The weekend after that, here in Queensland, we've got ICN Nationals. After that, we've got IFBB Queenslands. And then we've got a two-week gap until the IFBB National Show and then the INBA Show as well. So boy, lots of shows coming up. We're not even halfway there, but... How can people stay up to date with the Team TBD success? Well, follow the Bodybuilding Dietitians over on Instagram or follow Tiara Nelson over on Instagram where we're just sharing everyone's stories right now that, of course, like we've been sharing them all along, but now that it's really in the thick of the season, right? Is it just me or do views on Instagram stories really, really ramp up on show days? It's Mm. like people know you exist, but it's like, oh yeah, you know, like they'll actually be posting something extra interesting today. Gonna tune into that. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's just the way it goes. <laughs> hey guys, don't you want to see my videos of Bulgarians <laughs> on a Monday? Hey. <laughs> Just kidding. But boy, yeah, uh, lots of exciting updates still to come. But Jack, I want to hear about you. Past four weeks, how have you been? Yeah, I've been great. I'm on a good run with training and nutrition and everything else. I've had a really good streak of, I was actually just talking to my coach AJ about this, like just haven't really had any major setbacks in terms of injuries, touch wood. Um, I have got a little bit of a lower back niggle at the moment, but it's one of those things where often when I deload, which I'm at the end of my deload at the moment, I sat for literally like 10 hours yesterday at the show. I was documenting the whole show for bodybuilding down under the, the the people thank you for it. (laughs) (laughs) They say, thank you so much, Jack, for putting up with that little lower back niggle. You were on fire yesterday for anyone who doesn't know Jack was literally in the crowd filming and taking photos of like every single division and then posting them on BDU. Mm. Like people really appreciate that actually being able to keep up with the shows. Otherwise you got to go stalking on a bunch of different pages to see who won. Yeah. We're going to try and do it for the, at least do the overalls for the Queensland show and the national. So I mean, head over and follow bodybuilding down under the Instagram page. If you want to stay up to date with, with live updates uh, for each Queensland show, unfortunately we can't do other States just because we were, we aren't there (laughs) physically. And unless someone else wants to pay for the flights mm, or if someone just wants to send us uh, photos of the overall winners, we would would happily post anything. That'd be cool. Cause yeah, it's Australian bodybuilding as a whole. So we want to do other States, but of course like us four. So it's myself, uh, Lawrence Grieve, also known as General Muscle, Daniel Yates, and Daniel Chappelle as well. Uh, we were all bodybuilding down under. So mm. um, the the podcast is the main gig, but uh, the Instagram is is starting to pick up now as well, which is good. So yeah, and I guess that's a little hint for people as well. Like you could always tag bodybuilding down under in your stories or in your Instagram posts, just so that other people can find you as yeah. well. Yeah, we're trying to create a community. So we, anything that you tag us in, as long as you tag us in it the correct way, um, I do have some. Uh, I won't get too much into that. <laughs> well, no, I'll say it out loud. Okay, don't just go here looking for a shout out. You know, mm. like don't tag bodybuilding down under. Make it so small and then hide it behind an icon on the story, <laughs> <laughs> so that you just show up on the story. Like you know, make it a bit obvious. Mm. Yeah, we're both doing each other a favor, so it makes yeah. sense for it to go both ways. Long gone are the days are follow for follow or mm. shout out for shout out on Instagram. Yeah. Boy, when was that? Like That was probably back in 2015 or 2014. Oh, those were the days. Oh, that's when Snapchat was still <laughs> around. <laughs> anyway, back to me. So I'm at the end of a deload now. I've literally had five days off the gym, uh, which I enjoy doing. And I'm going to be heading back in tomorrow. I'll do my usual sort of two D volume sessions to commence my block, which are just two sessions at probably one set for every exercise, just so that I don't come back and have atrocious DOMS, which has happened before. And I'll do that um, Monday, Tuesday, rest Wednesday as per usual, and then head back into normal training from Thursday. And yeah, things have just been going really well since I ended my mini cut in late June, early July, I think. So that's a solid like two, two and a half months since then. My body weight's come up. 
around like from 86.5 to around 90 kilos now. So around three and a half kilos in that time, which is good. And I think definitely something that AJ and I learned from the whole process of mini cutting is that I got a little bit too lean per se, too lean for me. Like I, I obviously didn't have fully on striated glutes. Like my glutes did get quite lean even, which is ridiculous um, considering my upper body was still fat for, a, for, for comp condition. And it just meant that like getting back into training took a little bit longer to achieve peak strength levels again. Mm. So I think this block and this block from here onwards until I mini cut again, which probably won't be to like 95 kilos or even more. I think this will be where I, I get some more of my really, really good strides with training. So mm. I do really want to bring up the RDL from like 200 to 220 in that time. I'm going to try my hardest, like, and I think I can do it, but I know I've got the, the mindset to do it, but it's whether my body actually follows through and, mm-hmm. and does it. I think that's for every, for most people though, it's whether you are strong enough to lift it. Well, like we spoke about a few weeks ago, it's, it really kind of comes back to weight moves weight. So mm. I think you entering into new weight territory, especially pushing up to like 95 kilograms, Man, like it, it'll move like butter. I hope so. <laughs> Does butter move? People say that. Moves like a knife through butter. Moves like a knife through butter. I was like, <laughs> Does your butter have legs? <laughs> Get that thing on a leash. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, other I guess some other lifts that I'm looking forward to reaching some milestones, like probably the high incline dumbbell press, which slash shoulder press, which I would like to hit the fifties for. Uh, like six to eight reps. I'm at 45s at the moment. So I'm not too far off that, like two two load progressions. And other lower body stuff, mm, nothing really overly exciting. I've, I've recently started using the pendulum, which is going quite well. I've probably done five or six sessions on there now. And yeah, I, I think that's going superbly. And I've, I'm noticing that I can get a lot more knee flexion on that. I can spend more time in the, I guess, the shortened position and it won't aggravate my knee as much as the hack squat. And you also don't have to load it up quite as much to get close to failure, mm. which is also a good thing as well. And I've noticed some actual decent quad growth from that too. Hitting that teardrop. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a question for you, kind of going back to what you were talking about, like when you were too lean, again, here we mm. go again with the whole George Osborne thing. Uh, but you mentioned that your, your glutes get really lean, but your upper body still, it's not fat. It has fat, mm. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I definitely said fat as a joke. It wasn't <laughs> I, anywhere near fat. And I'm joking too, but a lot of people, they have like a reference body part for they'll say like, yes, I'm ready sort of thing. Like I'm fully conditioned. I'm in. And for a lot of people that is their glutes. Mm. So if it's not your glutes, if your glutes are one of the first things to come in, do you have a specific body part? Would you say where like, once it's finally dialed in, you're like, okay, cool. Like I'm at peak conditioning now. What would you say that is on your body? Yeah, it would definitely be the back for Mm. sure. And I think last times I've competed I just haven't had enough muscle on my back to actually get it lean enough so the goal is next time of course for my back to actually get lean Mm. Uh, probably my upper body in general like even my my abs from the front they get lean but they don't get 
to that impressive degree of, mm. of shreds. Where like, you know, there's the crazy snakes and veins coming mm. up. Yeah. Or even just, it has that papery thin look or crispy sort of look. Mm. Um, even seeing some, especially some of the older guys yesterday, like 30, 40, I mean 30, obviously 30 plus isn't old, but like just people who aren't in the 20s. You did, you did say older. Older, yes. Their, their conditioning was just wicked and mm. they didn't just get lean, but they didn't necessarily look over dieted either. They mm. looked very nice and nice and full and crispy and they just had a really good balance of, of fullness with conditioning, which you don't see many people achieve. Like either people just won't be lean enough or they'll just be over dieted mm. and they won't be able to look. They'll be so dieted that they just won't be able to fill out and look that mm. crispy on stage because it's a time thing and it's an effort over time thing i think that's what really helped nikki stand out yesterday on stage because she just has that muscle maturity where she's put in all of the decades into the gym essentially to earn that so mm. when you get that lean you have that maturity to your muscle and that graininess to your muscle and it can really separate people on stage where you can tell God damn, you can really, really distinguish, okay, who knows how to go to town on their legs? Mm, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I think the challenge that AJ and I will have is balancing out the rate of loss or rate of fat loss, not really rate of weight loss between upper and lower. So I think what happened last time is my legs got pretty much ready to go. Even my glutes were pretty much ready to go at about 80 kilos and then my upper body still had probably three or four kilos to go and I ended up getting down to 76. And at that point, I it's not like I lost a lot of muscle, but I lost probably some muscle and I also just became a little bit over-dieted in the lower body, which translated to um, not like still a good look, but not a great, not as, mm -hmm. as good as it could have been. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to in, in 2024 to rectifying. And I, I can see what AJ is doing at the moment. Um, and obviously from what I've learned in the last year, um, it's, it's going to be a different story, which is great. Yeah. I can't wait to see the 2024 Jack Radford Smith. Me too. <laughs> and yeah, other than that, not too much else to say, like I'm enjoying training at Brendale. I'm having this slight issue, which I talked about on the, uh, BDU podcast, but I'm getting there and I'm a little bit fatigued already in terms of tiredness. So my eyes are a bit heavy, feel like I could probably take a nap and I never nap. And uh, I've started just walking on the treadmill for a bit and, and sipping my pre-workout on there, which seems to be helping because that's the only other thing I can think of is that it's a closed in gym, whereas I've, I've spent years working out at Brisbane, which mm -hmm. is a a warehouse open gym mm. and just for your circadian rhythm as well like actually getting some direct sunlight into your eyes and sun on your skin too because we used to have like a 10 minute walk to the gym in the sun to brisbane so that could be playing a role as well mm. yeah definitely uh, but yeah that's everything from me just uh enjoying everything at the moment i'm mm. in just a i think we're both in a very productive point in our lives where I think we, we started this business in midway through 2019. And then even though it didn't seem like it at that point in time, like COVID definitely slowed things down a mm. bit. And then we went through our own prep ourselves. And then since then we've kind of been 
on the upwards trend uh, across everything, mm-hmm. the podcast, Instagram, the business. So yeah, things, things are going well. Yeah. Be consistent, put in the reps and uh, it will pay off mm. in the long term. Sure. What about you though? Yeah. Well, these past four weeks, again, it's, it's just absolutely flown, but similar to you, I'm just in a really good rhythm, especially now settling into our new house, settling into the new gym. I really have a really solid routine down pat now too. So I feel very settled and very at home, which is tremendous. And even at the new gym as well, finally, like, you know, sifting things out, knowing exactly where equipment is kind of that in itself kind of helps you become a little bit more efficient too. And it's been really exciting just making a few tweaks to my own programming as well. But apart from just traveling these past few weeks and, you know, being at the SNA seminar, flying down to Canberra, flying up to Townsville this past weekend and going to all of these shows, just personally, I'm just in a really good spot. I just, I feel like I'm thriving in business, in health, in personal life, just my mentality. I feel driven. I feel happy. Life is, life is good, man. Life is, life is very swell right now. But I guess like in terms of like the meat and potatoes, um, body weight wise, my body weight has continued to slightly creep up. I'm now sitting around like the high 67s. So it's crept up by a few hundred grams over the past. Like, I think I was sitting around like 67.4 about four weeks ago. And now it's hovering closer to like 67.8, 67.9. And training is just going really well too at, at that new Brendale gym. I've actually made a few adjustments to my program though. Like for example, I was progressing for a number of months with those dumbbell Bulgarians and I worked my way all the way up to 35 kilograms per hand for two by eight. And I felt really, really proud of that. They, they felt strong. I felt like an absolute beast, but it's just getting to that point where the stimulus to fatigue ratio and like the stimulus is awesome. And it's not even necessarily the fatigue it takes on my quads and my glutes, but on my mind, Mm. (laughs) because to actually like G myself up and really psych myself up for a set like that and be like, okay, let's go. Like it it requires so much mental aptitude to actually, I, I always look at myself in the mirror because otherwise I feel like one, I couldn't push myself for those final reps when I'm just like death staring myself to like one more. Also my balance too. Like it takes so much cognition to actually stay balanced with those dumbbells either side of me. And by the end of the two sets, like I was just wiped out, like absolutely cooked. And then I would just go into two sets of dumbbell RDLs and those four sets alone, that would take me like the first hour of my workout for just four sets. And yeah, they were four good quality sets and my posterior chain and my quads and my glutes and everything, they're growing and I feel tough, but it's like, oh, could I perhaps be doing slightly more volume than this and just being a little bit more productive in the gym than taking so much rest time and also afterwards, like just feeling absolutely exhausted and fried mentally. So I feel like I've earned my stripes with those dumbbell Bulgarians. I'll probably return to them at some point in the future, but now I've actually decided to start taking advantage of that RDL machine where you can put plates on either side. And I just do Bulgarians on that now. And it's so much better, man, because like the stability aspect isn't there anymore. Kind of like how on the Smith machine, the stability stability aspect aspect is there now, like it's present. Oh, 
no, well, you don't, you don't have to worry about stabilizing yourself. Uh, and it's kind of similar to the Smith machine. Like you didn't have to worry about stability. You could just go up and down, but with the Smith machine, I actually really didn't like how fixed it was. Like I want a little bit more free range of motion. So I find that using that RDL machine is the perfect balance between, okay, I don't have to necessarily worry about balancing, but also I can move a bit more freely and just get more forward torso lean too. So. I'm gonna start progressing on that now with my Bulgarians, it's so much better. And I don't have to bomb dive the reps either anymore. Like I can actually control it on the way down, control it back on the way up and everything. The stimulus to fatigue ratio is so much better. And I have actually decided to swap over from doing my barbell stiff leg deadlifts over to using that machine as well for some, basically an RDL variation or a stiff leg variation. because. I was doing those barbell stiff legs for a number of months and yes, I was progressing with them and I got up to like just over a hundred kilograms for sets of eight, but God, again, it gets to that point where they just like the stimulus fatigue ratio wasn't that good. Mm. And on that RDL machine, it's just, it is so much better. I think, yeah, people can learn from your experience because I, I would constructively critique what you've done personally mm. because like I could say the same thing about my RDL like I've been at 200 I hit 200 in 200 for eight in late May mm. before we went to Bali and I haven't exceeded that again mm. but I haven't taken away RDLs because I know like RDLs is my big ticket item right now and realistically if I transition to something else I know it's going to take me a long time to get back up to where I was for RDL mm. so I think when we look at your hip hinging you haven't really exceeded like, well, like you haven't exceeded like what to, to 110 or anything for any sort of hip hinge. I got up to 105 for my barbell RDLs. Mm. And then I went through my dieting phase and just the weight off my waist took a bit of a hit there. And then I had to go back down to like 90 kilograms for those. Mm. And then that was the point where I was like, I want to lift something off the ground. So that's where I then transferred over to stiff leg deadlifts Mm. and initially I started doing them with the trap bar because I really actually like having that grip to the side because you can get so much more hamstring and glute recruitment and a bit less back but the trap bars just give me the shits you know like if you if you are off by like a millimeter with your grip it just slips and like the the bar just starts to like it tip topples over and hits your back it's it's frustrating it's distracting so then I went over to standard barbell stiff legs and they were good but i would honestly you a just stalling point i did but i would still like i would feel like a fool if i didn't take advantage of this machine because i can lift just as much if not more weight the grip is finally better because it's on it's to the sides and for my personal physique goals i need to be putting more of an emphasis on my glutes and hamstrings than my back my back right now is one of my strongest muscle groups like it kind of just grows <laughs> Yeah, I think for the average person, though, a lot of people will kind of use those other accessory based movements, which are a variation of it mm. as kind of a scapegoat for something easier. You know me by now, right? Like mm. I'm pretty tough. I don't shy away from the tough stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but we'll see. The, the main thing is how much is my butt going to grow? We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get out the tape measure. Okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think your butt will grow the most by doing something that you can get the strongest at mm-hmm. long term. Well, I'm already lifting a hundred kilograms on that mm. RDL machine. I'm not being, yeah, I'm not being, I'm not saying you aren't, but I'm, I mm. think you're taking this a bit personally. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are speaking to me across the mic. <laughs> Either way, uh, training's going very well right now. Body weight steadily creeping up. When all of these shows are over come November, I'm predicting obviously my weight. Unless like I've just hit a maintenance, my weight will definitely be in like the low 68s by then. All of the shows would have been wrapped up planning to do another consultation with Joey and kind of just assess my physique at that point. Because originally we said, okay, we're going to cap body weight around 68 kilograms before we then go into another dieting phase. But one, that was when we were planning to do 2023 instead of 2024. And also... I like I would argue me in the high 67s right now like this is the best I've by far I've ever looked in the most amount of muscle mass and least amount of body fat I've ever had at 67 right now and if my training is going so well like am I in a position and I'd love to get Joey's opinion on this like to slightly keep pushing my body weight up a little bit more you know like uh, maybe up into those higher 68s than before I cut down I don't want to get up to 70 kilograms again though it's just it's unnecessary because I would rather get up to like high 68s and then do like a short and sweet cut like you did for three or four weeks get back down to like 65 and then slightly push up again drop your calories by 1500 (laughs) yes and yeah literally beyond poverty macros no i don't i don't think i'd be that gnarly maybe like 125 150 carb like that's that's the lowest once i hit 150 carb in a prep my weight just drops you know Mm. it just i've never had to go (laughs) (laughs) thank god for you uh but i've personally never had like my it's like my body gets it it's like okay i get it we're energy deprived like mm. I'll, I'll play along yeah i think the vast majority of people would not need to go below 150 carb mm-hmm. to lose weight but i mean i've had people who that's the thing with like population level like there's going to be people who can't lose weight mm. very well yeah absolutely i i've worked with a number of people have to you know they have mm. to do what they got to do and they have to push and Sometimes you've got to go down to 100 carbs. Sometimes you got to go south of 100 carb. Yeah. I remember that was a big thing when starting out as a practitioner, like, and before the value of experience aided us is that I personally used to worry a little bit when working with clients. Oh, I don't want to drop this person below 150, mm. but, or even, a, I rarely have to drop people below 100. But again, as you said, it does happen. Mm. Um, every every once in a while for like short periods to achieve something and yeah a lot of the time people will say it's accuracy related but then again I have worked with people who I'm very confident in their accuracy I've even written things for them myself and they follow it and they'll be on 150 or 125 carbon they, they won't lose weight so people out there do exist but the thing is people always just hyper focus on that number they're like mm. oh my gosh a hundred carb oh my you don't gosh, know their protein a hundred yeah. yeah no you don't know their protein or fat but okay just push that number aside for a moment and actually think about how how do you lose weight you get yourself into an energy deficit it's about actually 
what's the total amount of energy that you're expending? And so for example, you could have someone who's dieting on 175 carb, but they could be doing 20,000 steps a day. They could train like an absolute beast in the gym and they have a diet that's very high in foods that have a high thermic effect of food. Mm. Or you could have someone on a hundred carb who doesn't train that hard in the gym and they might be walking 8K steps a day and they're not hitting their vegetable intake and they eat a diet very low in fiber so they're not really getting any bang for their buck in terms of thermic effect of food. Sure. They don't walk their dog. Yeah, they have to eat 75 grams less carbs than the other person to maybe lose the same amount of weight per week. But it's like, pick your poison. Mm. I think other people as well, they, they need to reference their weight loss in terms of a percent. Mm. Because if someone's 50 kilos and they're trying to lose a kilo per week, which seems normal to someone like me, who's almost, uh, well, I'm 90 kilos remember like 1% of your body weight lost in a week is success. Like Mm. moving drastically beyond that is going to equal muscle loss. So you losing um, 500 grams in a week on the upper end, you could even lose 250 grams in a week and that would still be within a Mm. good range for, for, for weight loss. But that anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. Yeah. Anyway, (laughs) Uh, you got to do what you got to (laughs) do. Well, yeah, especially for, for prep competitors, which I think, we, we speak mm-hmm. a lot towards but prep. When whoever, like if anyone just has a very low amount of body fat on their frame, like I would argue no one's necessarily in a better off position, you know, 50 grams of carbs here or there. Like, you know, what does it mean at the mm. end of the day? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't mean much. Mm. Yeah. Even I got to, I remember doing some days on a hundred carb in my last prep, which looking back, I just shouldn't have done. Like there was no need for me to do that. Even though I think even you say, oh, it's like you just had to dig, but I'm not too sure about that personally. I didn't prescribe that. I know, but I mean, looking back on it together, you sometimes say, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you've been like, yeah, you just needed to get leaner. (laughs) Maybe in hindsight, but that again, that is just looking at the standard these days. Like neither you or I have truly reached that top tier conditioning yet. Like come 2024, that's when you and I, the goal is mm. to both show up as threats and be able to pull but our skin that- away from our abs and be like, whoa, <laughs> you know, or have the veins come out of our nose or whatever, you know, <laughs> like be just like rid- ridiculously lean shredded to the bone. But neither you or I have been at that point yet. Mm. Mm. But I'm just saying like you back in 2021, you were in a position where you you obviously had way more muscle mass than me, thank God. But like you would have been in a position where perhaps you could have, if you wanted to push that conditioning a little bit more. Mm. I know it's, it's, it's the questions up in the air, but it's water under the bridge anyway. It was years ago. Yeah. But then you, you also come to that debate of, I would have completely lost whatever little fullness I had. Yeah. What's the trade off? Yeah. Mm. Which, uh, is a topic we had. Mm-hmm. I think we've discussed it, if not on BDU. But I think, do you have anything else left to say? No, not really. Just training's going well, nutrition's going well. Oh, wait, I didn't even, right now, like uh, my body's like at this high 67 kilogram mark. Like I have quite metabolically adapted to that. And despite like pushing up my calories by a few hundred over the past month or two, it's still just kind of hanging around this zone, which is, it's good. Like obviously it feels very comfortable and strong here. I can't eat more fruit. Yes. More bananas. Um, there's a lot on the counter, but 
I'm pushing, you know, upwards of 350 carb now, like 40 fat. My protein's around 170. So it's around like two and a half thousand calories, but I just feel really good. But it's been so many months since I've felt energy deprived or food focused or anything. Like I just, I just, when it's time to eat again, I just eat just something that I do. That's good. Yeah. It's a good position to be in and I'm, I'm in your world. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not quite on my level actually. No. You still you still make your protein cakes and cream of wheat with like way too God much water. God, God. I add water. <laughs> but yours look like a drought, man. Yeah, but that's They're like hard as a rock. You know you're not adding enough water to a protein cake when you cook it for one minute and then you can't even put the spoon through. It's like clink. <laughs> At least mine's 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 nice and smooth. Great texture. If you say so. <laughs> so what, 600 milliliters of water for like 100 grams of flour. That's not really That's pushing That's like prep it. level volume for me. No, for a prep level volume for me is like a liter um, for like half the amount of carbs. Anyway, we're going to wrap this up. But Jack, what's one thing that you want to improve this week? I want to just have a good first week back in the gym. And hopefully this lower back niggle is nothing serious. I don't think it is. And I'll be doing RDLs tomorrow. So be doing some paused RDLs. I'll do hopefully 170 for eight reps with a solid, hopefully, again, hopefully one second pause at the bottom. So that's my goal. Mm. What about you? My goal this week is to fully regain my voice. I'm not sure if it's been able to pick up on the microphone. I really hope not, but it's just my sinuses are still a little bit clogged. So it's ringing in my ears, but I just do sound a little, a little bit nasally and the recovery's just been delayed because when my job is to speak and I do video calls with all my clients every day of the week for like hours on end. And also we've been at these shows these past few weekends. So been speaking just a lot and heck yeah, now we're, we're back into podcasting. So <laughs> speaking a little bit more there, but the recovery's just been delayed, but I'm really hoping that this week my voice just fully comes back because you know I don't mind not sounding like a little bit of a nasally toad so frog <laughs> that would be nice you never it's those things like your voice or you, you never realize like you never appreciate these things until they're gone or until they're just messed up mm. I agree hopefully I don't get sick now but <laughs> I think I'm past that point <laughs> plus if I want to sing along to a song I'm like oh god <laughs> they would they'd never have me in the backup choir <laughs> Anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. If you did enjoy it, please remember to take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag Jack, tag myself, tag TBD, and we will catch you next week.